Hello and welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode four of What is Growing Up, the little podcast that helps explain how to be a, a better adult, how adulting works through people's mistakes, through people's stories, through my mistakes and my stories. We're going to learn how adulting really works and how to just be the best adult you can be. On today's episode, I'm really excited. We're learning a little bit about budgeting, money, money management, why do we save money, where do we put it, and our guest today is an accountant, a very successful one at that. His name is Kevin Kehoe. Here in, uh, he's an accountant here in Ottawa, and he's been working in the industry for just over 15 years now. I remember when I got into budgeting, and it's why I wanted to have Kevin on today. It took me like a year and a half, two years to really feel comfortable with saving money, spending money, budgeting, the, the concept of uh, enveloping your money or putting a money, on, money in little envelopes, and also just like those acronyms. I still get confused by all those acronyms around there. So today on the episode, Kevin's here to answer some of these questions, figure out what some of those acronyms are together, and I won't delay anymore. Kevin Kehoe on What is Growing Up. so much for joining me today, Kevin. Uh, I'll just quickly ask you off the top. So what is it that you do? I'm an accountant. I'm a CPA with a local firm, our firm, uh, Renolfson Kehoe Professional Corporation. Cool. Uh, so my first question would be, I guess, like, why, why is budgeting so important? What is, what's the importance of budgeting? And what have you seen it accomplish for people? Uh, the importance of budgeting is basically planning for your future and future needs, I guess. In the personal world, it's <laughs> for uh, individual, it's saving for retirement is the big one, basically. Or in business, it's same idea, sort of thing, cash flow, working capital, what's coming up. Uh, failure to do that can have some <laughs> pretty bad implications sometimes, yeah. So, it's all about just creating a plan for the future. Yes. Uh, yeah. Plan for your own destiny sort of thing, yeah. <laughs> All right. I like it. So, what would you say are the pillars of a good budget or the pillars of someone who's a, a financially literate person putting a budget together? It's a few things, I guess. It's it's knowing, I guess, your projections, being accurate, uh, optimistic with your projections. And I guess you analyze your past for ideas as far as timing and thing, as things come due. But uh, basically, it's being realistic in your budgeting and planning is it does no favors to yourself if you're over optimistic and what do you mean by over optimistic uh, well in business it's okay my sales are going up by 125 percent every month for the next two months or something and i'm banking on that cash for this but yeah it's it's just being realistic with yourself and conservative basically is is the plan i think is you're you're helping yourself better if you are conservative with your estimates i think and what sort of things are you i guess projecting for so it's expended uh, expenditures things you're going you want to buy things you're things coming up yeah on the on the business side it's usually capital improvements or capital equipment that you're budgeting for um, expansion plans stuff like that so it's just kind of one-off stuff or even if there's nothing coming up, it's a good idea to know where you're anticipated to be or have a plan or a goal, Yeah, a goal to have and say in one year, I'd like to be here and this is my anticipated budget and I'll see if I can follow it and monitor it throughout the year and see and if things aren't going as planned and you can change your course and try something different, but uh, just to know where you are and where you're headed. Yeah. Nice. Um, so what advice then would you give to someone trying to learn how to budget? Like, how would you set someone off on the right foot? For, for young people just in university and stuff or college, it's, it's starting out as just realizing that you do need to save. <laughs> uh, don't spend everything that comes in. So it's kind of the, the, the plan, I guess, for most people is the best for savings, I think, is the best when you're young to start out. If you don't see it in your bank account, <laughs> you don't spend it sort of thing. So um, for savings would be extra tax withholdings at source or... RSP contributions automatically through work, or even if it's just um, 
setting up in your checking account an automatic transfer to savings. So you just deal with what's in your checking account to, to spend and plan and budget, and you've got your automatic savings set up to for your goals coming up sort of thing, yeah. So you'd say forced saving is like the best way to kind of get started? Just or when you're young, yeah. Knowing that, I guess, if you're not disciplined, or that would be the ideal way to, to kind of do it is say, okay, 15 or 10 or 15% of my paycheck or something goes to savings or something and see if I can meet my budget or function on that, knowing that I'm setting this money aside. So is there like a magic number or percentage you should set aside or is it just what works for you? Well, kind of what works for you. I mean, 10 is probably a little low, but you got to start out with something. So basically you start off 10 and if you see that (laughs) you're not spending it all and stuff, then you can probably realize that, okay, I can push more that way. But I think what I've seen is usually around 15 to 20% is probably a, and everybody's situation is unique based on pension plans or stuff like that. So, but getting started, it's just when you get your first job or getting started, it's good to realize, okay, (laughs) don't spend everything coming in. Let's just set it aside and I'll have something for later. As tempting as it may be, right? Yes. Yeah. If, well, in this time and age with inflation and stuff, it could be hard to do right now, but each his own where they are at, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you were mentioning with four savings, like there's certain tax withholdings and stuff. I kind of want to go into acronyms. We always hear RRSPs, TFSAs, ETFs, all these sort of things. What does it all mean? And what's what's important for us? What, what don't we need to know? Uh, well, the RRSPs are registered investments. So if you contribute to an RRSP, there is a tax deduction each year on your tax return. So um, usually you try and take that deduction when you're in a higher tax bracket and save the most tax. So young people, I usually say, save it elsewhere other than an RSP until your tax rate is much higher into the second bracket or something, or you don't have tuition credits and stuff like that. So instead of doing that, you can put it into a TFSA, which is a tax-free savings account. So anything you can put into your TFSA, any earnings it makes are never taxed. So you get to keep all this interest and stuff that it earns uh, without paying any tax. So typically in that scenario, you can contribute to a TFSA. It stays there, earns tax-free. And when you're at that level of some tax savings or something like that, then you can remove it from your TFSA and make an RRSP contribution for a deduction or a first-time home buyer's contribution. There's a new plan out for uh, encouraging young people to save for their first-time house. So there's this deductions there that you can do as well and plan for that in the future. It's just, uh, you, need to, you need to know the rules. It's, it's, and deduction um, is just like a fancy word for a, a little, a way to save money, I guess, a way they're, they're taking less when you pull money out. Well, the deduction part is saving taxes. So if you just have your T4 earned income, you pay tax at that tax bracket. So with an RSP contribution, you're removing. So if you put a thousand dollars in your RSP, you basically, you know, I made X dollars on my T4 for tax purposes. So I subtract a thousand dollars. I'm only going to pay tax on the difference that goes into your RSP and earns basically inside a registered investment until you pull it out in the future. One thing I see a lot with young people is, or I want to ask about is just investing mutual funds, um, stocks. You always see ads on TV now for Quest Trade, Quest Trade, Wealth Simple, all that sort of stuff. What's all that about? Um, that's vehicles you can do to, I guess, self-invest, self, self-directed, I guess is what they call it. You're managing your own investments and doing, doing your own investments, whether it's mutual funds, GICs, as opposed to using the big institutions like TD Bank or something and going through an advisor where there are either external fees that you pay or they're built into the products that they sell for 
TD mutual funds, stuff like that, or CIBC. It's it's enticing. <laughs> um, you really have to be financial savvy and monitor the investments. If you're not diligent and have the time to be on it, I don't recommend it. I've tried it early on starting out and said, here's $5,000 and let's, let's invest it and see if I can you know buy this stock or this or that. I did not have luck with that. So I guess Other, each their own, they may be able to do it, but with work and families and day-to-day life stuff, it's hard. That's the last thing. Oh, I got to watch this. And then the other trap you run into is you're watching it daily. Yeah. Right? Oh, gee, the market crashed or this or that. Okay, sell, sell. Well, it should be a long-term goal sort of thing. So you can ride out these <laughs> rather yeah. than take the hit and say, okay, I'm done. But It's almost nice to pay those fees to a bank then and just... It's 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 almost their problem, so well, to speak. Not like I mean, it's your money, but it's you don't have to watch it every day in the same sense. Yeah, you've got somebody watching it for, and you're paying them a fee for that to to help you with your investment goals, sort of thing. And they yeah, they have to analyze your risk tolerances and all that stuff these days to see. But yeah, that's it's basically get get help with your investment plans and okay. and just like accounting advice, it doesn't have to be every year ongoing. Like it, I recommend, you know, at least once every five years to see maybe an accountant to look at your taxes and just, okay, what's, you know, what, what can I do better or what am I doing wrong or what's your advice sort of thing. And then because some people's taxes are just pretty basic, but it doesn't hurt like this conversation to go through and say, okay, what should I do TFSA or do RSP? What about this? What about that? And just get a, all you're doing is increasing your knowledge with respect to investments and yeah. taxes is what you are. Cause it's, a constant changing landscape with tax. Yeah. yeah. And then, so, I mean, we spoke earlier about setting people off on the right foot. Is there like a certain set of pillars, so to speak, you would you would want someone to have before they got into, whether it be well simple or starting savings or just learning how to budget, seeing an account? Is there something you want people to know before they come see you? Uh, it's just a, a general background of, I guess, finance and accounting sort of thing and, and how taxes work generally, I guess. But from there, yeah, the, mo- the more you can read and get knowledge on it, and again, within certain sites, like you know, there's tutorials and stuff on series sites, which are very educational. And I recommend viewing those uh, as opposed to just a wild search on the Internet for advice sort of thing, because yeah. <laughs> you know how the Internet goes. It's uh, here, buy here, last, you know, they look at the history. We made 200 percent profit in the last year on this investment. Well, that's historical, right? It looks good. But what's the future hold? So yeah. just don't fall into the pitfalls of, you know. If it looks too good to be true, it probably is. So, (laughs) yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Those are the questions I got for you. Thank you so much, Kevin, for joining me today. Well, thanks again so much to Kevin Kehoe for joining us today on the What Is Growing Up podcast. Like I said before we got into that, like when I first started budgeting, it was a real... It was a real test of my will and my spirit to keep coming back and trying no matter how much I failed, how much I put money on the credit card, how much I didn't understand spending, how much I didn't understand tracking, and using that app I mentioned earlier, You Need a Budget, YNAB, that that really did help turn some corners, but still, when I got into budgeting and I got into money management, holy Moses, that was one of those things where you realize adulting's a lot harder than I thought, and I wish I had a book on this. I really wish I did have a book on this, but thanks, Kevin, for diving into those financial acronyms, too. That really did help me because those acronyms are the most confusing part about money management for me. But anyways, thanks again to Kevin for joining us on What Is Growing Up. You can catch our episodes on Spotify or wherever else you find your podcasts. They'll be up on there. My Instagram is Owen Melnick Mello. Be sure to follow for updates on more episodes and whatever the heck I am doing. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any notifications on new episodes. And we will catch you in two weeks. Thank you so much for tuning in. 